Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe, and I'm so excited to share today's interview with you. Today, I am joined by author Ava Wilder, who wrote How to Fake It in Hollywood and her latest release, Will They or Won't They? These books are really special to me as someone with a background in acting because I feel like Ava is very competent in understanding the mind of an actor. But also, I think anyone who doesn't have any interest in acting or being in the public eye will enjoy her books because they're equal parts tropey romances, but also really honest looks at human condition. I absolutely adore her books and I was so excited that she agreed to an interview. So I hope you enjoy this interview with author Ava Wilder. Welcome to Read It or List It. I am so excited for today's author guest. Today we have Ava Wilder, the author of the new Will There Won't They, but also last year's smash hit, How to Fake It in Hollywood. And that was one of my favorite books of 2022. And now I know that Will There Won't They will make my list of top reads of 2023 as well. Welcome, Ava. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. So I always talk about um, one of the things that I love about reading is I get to analyze things from sort of like my my acting background. And I think that I approach like characters in a different way in that sense. But I'm so impressed with how you write the minds of actors. So Will They or Won't They is another celebrity romance, but it has a second chance trope as well. So can you tell us a little bit about Will They or Won't They? Sure. So, <clears throat> so Will They or Won't They is about two TV stars, Lila and Shane, who have been on this long running TV show together. Um, and they kind of both got famous playing these roles and um, Lila left the show after five seasons after her contract was up because she thought you know her career was going places uh, which didn't happen and she now has to come back for the final season Um, and they play these characters that are like not in a relationship but have sort of been set up that way and everyone is very obsessed with them getting together and now in this final season they're finally going to get together but they hate each other behind the scenes because they kind of had a fling in the first season that ended badly and they haven't gotten along ever since. The tension is so (laughs) palpable and so good. And I think for anyone who ever was a fan of the Mediator series by Meg Cabot, like the fictional TV show in this book, I think you're going to love because the characters are he's a ghost right in the beginning yes he he's a ghost and then she and then she's a ghost when she comes back right always a ghost (laughs) but so the audience is like begging for them to get together but because one of them at one point in time is a ghost they can't um and it just made me think of like I was a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayers fan and just like that, the the fictional show I could so perfectly picture during that time period. Did you have like a real life inspiration for it? Um, so I had I had a lot of inspirations that I was drawing from just from like the relationship. But in terms of what the show was going to be like, I didn't even know when I pitched it to my editor. And when she was like, great, write it. I was like, oh, no, now I have to like <laughs> figure out what 
this show is that's like been on for eight years, about to be nine years. Um, and I really did like a full kind of process of elimination of like what format and genre and like all of these things would sort of create the most tension for them. Um, and I finally kind of narrowed it down to this. So like in terms of what it ended up, I was kind of stealing the format from Supernatural mm -hmm. where it was like, I knew it would be easiest for me for it to be a procedural where it was kind of like they were the two most important characters and like there wasn't really as much um, of like an ongoing storyline that I had to deal with. It kind of was like, you know, every episode was sort of its own story and there wasn't as much like there's there is kind of a supporting cast, but for the most part, it's like the two of them in every scene together <laughs> for years. Um, and a lot of shows that have that format are cop shows and I didn't want them to be cops. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of like, all right, it has to be this paranormal show. Um, so Supernatural is kind of like the biggest inspiration in terms of the format and then also like uh pushing daisies thinking about oh, yeah. like how they like literally aren't able to touch each other and how like amazing the tension in that show was although unfortunately it didn't last for nine seasons so I know I don't I wonder how they would have dealt with that as it, I know as it went along some people like to say that that pushing daisies is was the, the writer strike from that year yes, like that yeah. was that was a victim of that but I read like I went down like a Twitter rabbit hole about like some other reasons why it struggled, but I loved pushing daisies. Me too. It's very sad that it didn't get to keep going. Well, maybe this can be that it's <laughs> the way that it should have been. Yeah. I I just I loved it. I know that I can't stop saying that, but I feel like your writing falls into the same realm of like what I like to call literary romance, which is like in the same vein of like Emily Henry and Carly Fortune and just like those books that still follow the formulaic aspect of romance, but just really dig into the individual characters as well. Lila and Shane, I just felt like, like, do you have any background in acting or anything? Because like you write actors very well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I was I was very interested in acting growing up. I was not very good at it. So eventually I did have to <laughs> abandon it. But I do feel like um, writing and acting are kind of like linked disciplines because mm -hmm. it really is about like figuring out how to embody a character and like really um, <clears throat> getting into their heads, whether it's like whether you're creating them or not. So I feel like that does kind of impact how I approach like creating them. Yeah, just like the vulnerability of like their thought process. Like I I literally was like, I feel felt like I could so relate to Lila and like her um her insecurities. And like I know so many people give actors a hard time when they like leave television shows and they're like, why would you leave to do that? And it's like, because it, it makes sense on paper. Nobody knows like what's gonna happen. But so the fact that she got to kind of come back and say goodbye to this role that launched her career, I think is really special. What was the yeah. inspiration for this? You know, it was a few things. It was like the very, very original inspiration was actually it was Gilmore Girls and the rumor that um, Scott Patterson and Lauren Graham did not get along behind the scenes, which I, I have since oh. looked up and that may have been like very exaggerated, but that was sort of like a pervasive I've rumor. never heard that rumor. <laughs> And I'm I feel bad because fan. like a few people I I've been kind of you know telling people that because that was how the book started and I feel like I'm ruining people's lives by by spreading this information but I really I don't I think since then they have come out and been like that's not true I think like I don't know 
because uh, you know not everyone is going to be like best friends no not co-workers. at all so yeah so that was kind of like because I am also like very fascinated just by like the dynamics of a long-running tv show because mm-hmm. it's kind of like the closest thing to an office job you'll have as like an actor oh where, yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> where like I think most things you know you're kind of together for like a few months and then you go away but like for these tv shows especially like soap operas where people are on there for decades like you're with the same group of people you're playing the same character for years um and that is just like it seems so kind of outside the norm of like what most people's careers look like and especially if you have a difficult relationship the people that you're working with with the people you're on screen with with the people that you're like very closely associated with in your career that seems just like such uh, an incredible source of like tension and drama and mess which I'm always looking for as a writer I think Ellen Pompeo has said that like that's why when Grey's Anatomy ends she's like I'm done I'm not because like I think for some people creatively you you want more but like if you just want to work and I think that's how most actors feel like the blessing of just having a job in your field is so great. So yeah. yeah. And that's like, and that's kind of what I wanted to have, like with Lila and Shane sort of having those opposite uh, feelings about the show ending where like Lila, uh, you know, is like a classically trained actor, like really mm-hmm. wants to be challenged, wants to do like interesting work. She wants, she feels a little bit stifled by being on the show. Whereas Shane like really, really wants that career security. Like he would be on it forever he kind of ended up there as an accident and mm-hmm. is like, I just want the the kind of job ser- security, financial security of, of being part of something like this. Right. And it's always a man who's discovered in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that now, that doesn't happen as much nowadays because now they, now people find you on social media first. Yeah. Um, which I know is I just- was... <laughs> It's the no, same I was writing thing. That and I was like, this would never, this probably would never happen. But like, I felt like I, I kind of had to. It, do- for him. it does happen. Actually, David Boreanaz was discovered. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. literally walking his dog. Right. Like, yeah, yeah he was walking his dog. David Boreanaz played Angel on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and he was also in Bones and whatever. But he was discovered by walking his dog, and the casting agent was like you look broody <laughs> that was literally my justification I was like it happened to David Boreanaz it could it happen to ju- Shane it does happen it just doesn't happen to women <laughs> like, no no I'm- I mean it's like that meme where it's like you know uh about like high school plays where it's like the girl who is like I have been taking tap like tap acting and voice lessons since I was three and like the I'm get to be town's person number four and then the guy is like the drama teacher dragged me out of football practice and said I'm gonna be Shrek like Ava do not get me started on my thesis of how the real villains of high school musical are Troy and Gabriella oh yeah it's not Sharpay (laughs) I could talk about that ad nauseum so this is your second celebrity romance yes is this something that we can continue to expect or just a, a happy coincidence Cause I love it. I'm here for it. It can continue. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I don't have any more planned currently. I kind of feel like I may have like said all I need to say. And I've like, <laughs> well, I, I think I'm done writing about actors. I've like tried to write uh, like a couple of musician books. And for some reason they just like have not clicked for me. So I've sort of put them on the back burner slash in the closet forever. Um, the book I'm working on now is not a celebrity romance, but I guess, you know, never say never to going back to it because it's definitely like something that is 
very interesting for me to explore because I think like the psychology of fame is incredibly bizarre. Extremely. I'm reading um The Daydreams right now by Laura Hankin. Oh, yeah. And like, I feel like for some reason I've been, this is the year of like celebrity, second chance, romance, like taking something from the like early aughts and like bringing it back. Um, but it, it's still also different because the experiences that people have are incredibly different. But like, I think it's because uh, there's a lot of like nostalgia and like the the um, reboot culture that we're living in <laughs> right now and all of that. Yeah. Um, so I also loved How to Fake in Hollywood. So we have to have to talk about that as well. Um, what like surprised you the most about the response to How to Fake it? Hmm. Or no, it didn't have to surprise you. I feel like that's a big question, but like what, which is what, well, how did it feel to have your debut book come out? And like, um, it was, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> you know, it just was like, I, I kind of had, I kind of had a tough time with it, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I think I am like a pretty, um, private person and very, self-conscious about like what's inside my brain I guess and like putting a book out is like here here's this thing that like I made up like what do you think of it and that's right the result the answer is always going to be mixed which is sort of like you know you kind of have to adjust to it and I I really um have been working on like thickening my skin which you kind of like it's you sort of have to like find this balance where you are still like sensitive enough that you like want to like create but you're not like affected by like all of these other voices in your head where you're kind of like already anticipating what people are not going to like about what you're working on like while you're working on it um which was tough it's really tough um because I think a lot of people a lot of debuts are in the situation where like as their first book is coming out they're working on their second book which is like psychological torture Mm -hmm. because it's just it's so hard to be like in that creative space when you're just like inundated with these opinions both good and bad like it really um just kind of knocks you knocks you on your butt or I found that but I've I feel like the past few months I've sort of like come back around and have been able to have um more of like a a macro view of kind of everything and that's yeah no I can only imagine but I I appreciate that response you know it's creative but it's also a business and it's Mm -hmm. also it's like you need to create this thing that you love and you put yourself into and you work so hard on it and then you just like cannot give a fuck what anyone else thinks about it and those things feel like they're it's 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 hard to reconcile those two things yeah and that's not Um, how human beings are made no but I am getting I'm getting closer to that point and I feel like the the book I'm working on now is a little bit more like like I feel like it's going to be more polarizing than like anything I've written oh, so far. So, <laughs> so thankfully, like I, I think I'm getting closer to the like I don't give a fuck point anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think like the, I just I think it, it's an unpopular opinion of mine, but like I hate hot take culture. Like it's just like not my vibe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely <laughs> think that like on the internet, uh, negativity is what kind of like it's what people want to engage in and I'm I'm guilty of that too like I like review theater so like I and I'm sure mm-hmm. I hurt people with my reviews even though like they were not 
coming from like a cruel place. Right. But like, it's, you know, and so I get it. I get both sides and I don't want to, people have been incredibly lovely to me. And I'm so grateful to the readers who do like my books. I'm like, I have an amazing publishing team that has been so supportive of me. Um, but like just on an emotional level, yeah. it's been, it's hard, it's hard to sort of maintain your equilibrium with like kind of all of these new things, uh, come like, just like all of these new ways to get my feelings hurt that I did right. not anticipate, <laughs> uh, like at this point in my life, like I kind of thought, uh, you know, I'm just kind of like trucking along doing my thing and it's like, oh, actually everything is kind of changing. Yeah. Um, no, so I that's have. sort of that's probably been the biggest thing I've been I've been dealing with since release, which I guess is how a way that you can identify with an actor so yeah. well. <laughs> you just get it. You get you get that on your level. Um, and I did just receive my card of gray and oh, good. in the mail. So very excited about that fan art. Um, did you commission that or did someone? I did. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was. Cause I was like, I didn't want to do a pre-order campaign for it. Cause I knew I was just going to be like, so overwhelmed with stuff. Cause I was working on this other book, but I was like, I do want to have art of them. So I just did it, you know, several months after the book came out and, uh, and I wanted, you know, people who wanted it to have it. Yeah. It's so good. I was, I need to like start, I I've my gallery walls in process behind me and I'm like, I need to have my 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 fan art and all of that up there. Do you have a fan cast for um, Will There or Won't They? I have people that I was sort of envisioning while I was writing it, but I don't know if they would necessarily be like the people I would choose to play them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not not to be coy about it. I don't really like, especially since I'm writing about actors. I don't really like to like say right, who I was tough. picturing because I don't like I don't want to make it weird, and I also don't want to like interfere with. Uh, who other people may have been picturing mm-hmm. um did you have people that you pictured when you read it not really I think because in my mind like if it were to ever become something it would be like two like unknown actors because yeah. I think that for the same reasons like if you were to choose someone like I don't even know like if it like what's his face like Jared Padalecki like if this was a couple mm-hmm. years ago um people would only be able to like picture right him and like his career and like oh like what similarities and the differences and all of that and um so I feel like it would have to be like new people which I think is more exciting anyway yeah Um, no I agree yeah what is your like writing process like because I know you said you had a day job so like how I'm always I am so impressed and fascinated by authors and like what because I'm trying to write and struggling with making it all work (laughs) yeah um I mean I got very lucky with my day job I'm not there anymore but I in theory will not be like not having a job forever but I'm sort of taking a little break right now um and it is not like it was not super demanding in terms of like the hours and kind of like Mm -hmm. the mental um you know, burden that it put on me. So I was, and I also like, do not really have a life outside of writing basically. (laughs) So it was like, I would go to work and then I would come home and write if I was working on a book. Um, and, and I, I started writing how to fake it during the pandemic, which was like, I was at my job, but things had like really slowed down for us. So there would be days when I just like would not have anything to do. Like we were working from home. And then I think that 
definitely contributed to like the burnout I was feeling kind of finishing the second one mm-hmm. where I was, um, you know, things had picked up at work again and I was trying to like balance these things again but yeah basically it's like I'm either working or writing which is not I don't recommend that balance (laughs) what is like the vibe that you need because I know the other day you posted on your Instagram you're like I just wish my whole life was a writing retreat but I would miss my husband and my cat and I was like replace the cat with a dog and like at me like that's exactly how I feel all the time but like what is your like ideal writing setup so I I'm usually sitting on my couch because I hate my office. Um, I, and that's actually one of my goals kind of for the immediate future is to like redo my office where it's mm-hmm. like a place that I like to be because I think um, the couch is not uh, super like, you know, it's kind of like an all-purpose lounge space and I don't always get a lot done. Um, but I like to, I actually like to watch music videos while I'm writing. I love um, that. Yeah. So I usually will just be uh, on my couch. I'll either sometimes I'll listen to music. Sometimes I'll put on, um, music videos and yeah, it's, um, the hardest part for me is always getting started. Cause sometimes I'll be like, all right, I'm going to write all day. And then it's like six hours later, <laughs> finally. But then like, once I'm kind of in the groove, um, it's easier to keep going. Yeah. Time moves so differently. I also like, I think that's what I, what I was saying before we started recording, I'm like, I wish I miss when everybody worked from home because I felt like I was so stricter with myself because I was like, oh, everybody's doing it. Like, have to be at my desk, like, right at 9 a.m. And yeah, now exactly. I'm like, oh, like, whatever. And, like, I keep pushing it. Like, I, I will work, like, later and later in the evening. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Stop it. <laughs> and that's also, like, because this sort of month or so that I've had off has been, like, this is what it would look like if I was writing full time, which I've always thought, like, I it helps to have that structure because if I just mm-hmm. have like the endless day in front of me and I'm the only person in charge of organizing my time, like that does not really go well for me. I am just like full gremlin mode, like <laughs> equally productive as when I also had a job, which um, is not, is not good. Like, I think, it, I think some people can make that work. I don't know if I'm ever going to be that person who is like, like has that level of discipline to be like okay it's 9 a.m and no one's making me do this but I'm gonna make myself do this I know it's so hard it really is so hard when uh, during the pandemic like I guess it was the summer of 2020 I interviewed no it was 2021 so I was interviewing Emily Henry and she was like now everybody knows what it feels like to be a writer full-time because <laughs> you're just like oh god I have to do that but like I can go make a pancake or something right now, which is very funny. Um, Another thing that I wanted to chat about when it comes to will they or won't they is I know that you said that you could, you were able to lift out like some, like some, like the friend easily. And I was just rereading my review and I was like, I just wanted a little bit more of the friend group because I loved them. (laughs) But I think that's because Um. I'm like a... I'm a more is more kind of gal. If I like love a book, I don't care. I'm like, you can give me 600 pages of vibes and I'm like into it. <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause like that, uh, that first like brunch scene with her friend group originally, that was so long. <laughs> like every, <laughs> every revision, I just like kept cutting more and more out of it. Cause it's like, I know in romance, people are like, well, why does this character only have one friend? And it's like, well, she has three friends. Like you don't really get to like, yeah. it's so hard to, <laughs> spend any time like getting to know any of them um 
yeah so there was definitely more of them there was more of like the the co-stars on the show um but uh, you know it was just like the book was so long and I didn't want to sacrifice any of the Lila and Shane stuff because I know like that's what people are here for so it was like sorry (laughs) sorry supporting characters I loved all of them so I would have if there's bonus bonus content (laughs) at any point I'll happily gobble it up did you have a favorite character to write like obviously it's like Lila's POV but Mm-hmm. yeah you know I I did I loved writing Lila I liked I just really liked writing them together like I think that's just like the the pleasure of writing romance is when you have like two characters that you really love writing together um those are always my favorite scenes where it's like just the two of them kind of talking and and or or whatever yeah <laughs> whatever they're doing or dot dot um, dot <laughs> yeah dot 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 um that makes me think of Mamma Mia She's like, <laughs> whatever she says, like, dot, yeah. dot, 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 oh, dot, yes. dot. That's what they used to say in the olden days. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, I felt like the the side characters, I mean, I loved bringing Renata back. Yeah, I guess, you know, Lila and Shane, I, I loved writing them. Yeah, that's awesome. So I know you said you like to either listen to music or music videos. Does this mm-hmm. book have a playlist or like if you had to pick like a song that like described it, which I... Every time I ask this question, I feel like authors look at me, they're like, do you know how hard my job is already? And now you want me to choose something else. But we love to do uh, book playlists here. No, it does have a playlist and it's in my like my link in bio. I have have playlists for both my books in there. And I've been working on this book for so long that like the songs in this playlist were my Spotify top for 2021 and 2022. So I was just like constantly like driving around listening to them because it's like, yeah, so I'm a big musical fan and like I really like to have songs where because like the level of intensity that you have that you can get in like a musical moment is something that I'm like always trying to capture in writing. Mm -hmm. So it really helps to have songs that you can reference where it's like, I really want like this scene to have the feeling of this song. Let's see. I feel like, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. Oh yeah. Cause they, you know, Lindsay and, uh, and Stevie are definitely like one of the blueprints for this kind of like really like very chaotic relationship but where you're kind of like linked to this other person through like a shared creative project kind of like for the rest of your life and you sort of have to like have to deal with that like yeah yeah. so true oh I love that I can now I'm just I can I'm picturing them like like montaging with that song in the background yes (laughs) which is so great so you mentioned that you're working on another book is there anything you can tell us about it I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully I can soon. But um, so I, I had a two book deal um, and I have delivered both those books. So I don't have another book under contract right now. This would be my option book. So I I don't know if it's <laughs> going to ever come out. I hope it will. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm. it's been an idea that has been like percolating for a long time that I kind of never thought I would like be able to write. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling like pretty excited that it has like been kind of rolling along the way that it has it was a little bit more freeing to write without the pressure of a contract it was freeing to be able to take as much time as I needed Mm -hmm. before I started writing it because I didn't write anything for like after I turned in will they or won't they I just did not write at all for like six or eight months probably 
And so this book would not come out until 2025, I assume. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not going to have a book out next year. And so that was that was really nice and really necessary. And like, I think the book a year schedule for traditionally published romance and like some people are on an even faster schedule, which is like mind boggling to me, but I had to accept that that is not the schedule again, like with having a day job and not that, not that other authors who, you know, have day jobs and fast publishing schedules, like some people are able to do it. I would not be able to do it without like my life being destroyed as right. I have uh learned um <laughs> it's but yeah, tough so it like some tough. of the, some of the schedules I look at I'm like and some people are just you know I think it's just how our brains operate and it doesn't make any process more worthy than the other it's just yes. like I mean I just think of like if you had a major project to do for your job like multiple <laughs> and like multiple times a year because you have to turn in so many drafts and all of that like that's tough. Yeah. And you're like promoting, the, like, it's been really nice for me to be able to focus on like the release of this without being like, oh, I have my my deadline for this next book. Because mm-hmm. I kind of felt that for how to fake it. Like I was, I felt so torn between like my focus. Um, and I don't, I don't feel that. And I feel like I can just kind of enjoy, yeah. enjoy this. What are you most excited about for people to read in this book? Or like, what, what are you excited for them to like take away from the story? Um, I, you know, I just hope that they're entertained. It is so, um, like, I gobbled it up. Like I literally couldn't put it down. And I think it's that perfect summer romance. That's like not, I mean, it's a beach read, but it's like, not like a set in a beach town. Like it's, you can really read it like all year round, but like, it's like one of those books that I think you start and then you stay up late reading and it's like that like fun feel. I don't know. I'm really describing a lot of vibes here today. No, but... <laughs> no, I, that that is exactly what I I wanted. I wanted from it. I want people to feel like they know Lila and Shane. I want them to feel like I want them to just feel satisfied by like their whole journey. I mean, I personally really want to watch the show now. Like I want to like see the on-camera tension. <laughs> that's that's really nice to hear because truly like coming up with the stuff about the show was like my least favorite part of writing it. It was so it was so hard. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine because like there to you, their story happens off screen, but like to us. Um, one of my favorite books is The Royal We by Heather Cox, uh, uh, Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan. And <laughs> I was rereading it for inspiration for a project I'm working on. And I was like, oh, wait, like the things that we see about like Will and Kate and Harry and Meghan from the outside, you don't get in the book because the book is like the behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and so writing that stuff, I imagine, is really hard because you're picturing their relationship in such a different way than the public is yeah and it was also just like obviously so much stuff has happened on this show I and we're not going to see all of this in the book so it's like what level do I have to know what level does the reader have to know um and there was actually like originally more about the show and my editor was like do we need to know all this and I was like no absolutely not (laughs) just like just the bare minimum you know less is more with that with that kind of thing like no I really thought about the ghost car chase yeah, like we I did it. my little like I did my little show bible like for it <laughs> I love that um so, all right not necessary so since we were just talking about summer reading and all of that um before we wrap up for the day what is on your summer reading list like what are you 
Um, I think that when people like find an author they love, they're like, oh, what can I read that is like theirs? <laughs> like, do you have any like inspirations that you think other people would like or just what do you like to read besides romance? Um, I recently have kind of been going through like a contemporary fiction, like lit fic uh, phase because I like to feel bad sometimes. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's like a balance. You really, um, okay, you, you really do get being an actor. <laughs> but see, I don't know if these are good, like, summaries, but uh, I just read um, Adelaide by Genevieve Wheeler. And, I have it right uh, here. <laughs> and then I read uh, Queenie by Candace Carty-Williams, which ended up both being kind of like good books to read together because they're both about like these young women living in London, like mm -hmm. dealing with toxic relationships and like mental illness, but they were not necessarily like light reads, even though they both like had elements of humor, but um, I really enjoyed them. And it's like, it, it's interesting to read kind of alongside romance, these like sort of idealized views of relationships versus maybe like more cynical views of, of relationships and, mm -hmm. and the way that people treat each other. And I feel like, uh, you know, having those both together is for me it's sort of part of like a balanced uh reading experience yeah I actually so I I did a poll on my Instagram I was like what do you like to read during the summer and shockingly I had like not the majority but some people are like I like to read the books that I don't have the capacity to, to like read during the year and I think for some people like the summertime like when you go on vacation like that's when you can read the heavier books because you're not trying to like you know, something devastates you yeah. <laughs> in a good way, because I know that I haven't read Adelaide yet. It's on my list. Um, but I, I like have been putting it off because I'm like, I need to be like in the full headspace yeah. for this. So um, some people, some people like to save that for the summertime. <laughs> but speaking of what is it? The dreams of the dreamers, the daydreams, the daydreams. I was like, I know both of these are, are probably wrong. Yes. The daydreams I'm very excited for. That's definitely on my uh, summer reading list because obviously I love I love all celebrity fiction books yeah have you read um, um once more with feeling by Alyssa of course Sussman? yes yeah. yes so good yeah um I know the daydreams is really good because it reads really fast um we I I interviewed Laura Hankin before and she's just like delightful but this book is so fun and I'm like ah oh, justice for Brittany justice for Jessica justice for Christina <laughs> Yes, I'm like so happy that all of this like, you know, early 2000s misogyny of like, you know, women in pop culture is kind of like a lot of these women are getting sort of a second, uh, a second opinion, I guess, or like, a little more of a like revisiting because like, you know, I was a, a tween during that time. So I definitely like really grew up uh, with that kind of attitude. Towards, yeah, like, I just read women Paris, in the spotlight. Yeah, I just read Paris Hilton's mem memoir and like mm -hmm. she's got some like other things going on, but oh yeah. Uh that I wish she would have addressed in the book. But like that whole time period where like I remember like I was really little, but I was like, oh my gosh, like this is yeah this is what womanhood is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And like the Pamela Anderson documentary that just yes. came out on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and the Brooke Shields one is that yes it? yeah yeah, yeah oh. that one was that one was tough I did not end up finishing that I was like man we are sick yeah sick sick culture Which, I mean just always to bring it back like to, like the the hate that Lila receives for leaving the show like I feel like is very akin to like some of the things that 
these real life women were faced with. So if you've been on that bender as well, I think you will enjoy <laughs> Will There, Won't They, which is available everywhere June 27th. Thank you so much for taking the time to Thank chat you. with me this today. This was delightful. I'm so excited for everybody to read this book. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? <laughs> no, but I. <laughs> this was great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, we'll have all we'll have Ava's website so you can find the uh, playlist and all of her special link and bio things <laughs> linked in our show notes. And you can pick up a copy of Will They or Won't They from wherever you get your books. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Ava. Thank you. I just want to take a moment to thank Ava for opening up to me in this interview. I think it can be really hard and brave to be honest with people about how it feels to have your dreams come true and to have your dreams become a reality in the sense that they're being critiqued by people all over the world. I adore Ava's books. I adore her as a person. And now everybody go flood Ashley's comments because I've been trying to convince her to read these books. So go do that. And I can't wait to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.